This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And, well, once again, a busy news day uh, for the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, restructuring the contract of Eric Ebron, clearing okay. up some cap space. That puts them about $14 million over the ca- under the cap, I should say. There's stuff coming. Something is good. The, the right. Steelers don't do this for fun. never make a move until they have to make a move. So right. Monday they released Steven Nelson. Mm-hmm. That saves $8.25 million against their cap. And they didn't have to do it on that particular day either. No. Like, I mean, you know, there's something coming. And then they restructure Eric Ebron. There's, there's some move. I'm saying moves plural. Right. Because they're right, not right. going to spend $14 million on one player. They're not going to spend half of that on one player. No, there's think. not a guy out there that would yeah. be that obvious target. Right. But they've now got some cap space that they're, you know, now that the first wave of free agency is over, they're like, okay, now we can... Settle in and get some bargains. Yeah, and more people will get cut around the league, too. And um, there's a lot of guys out there that would gladly take a one-year deal at a reduced rate or maybe even a two-year deal. Who knows? Uh, we were talking off the air. I think there's several positions that certainly jump to the top of the, the forefront. Yeah, I think you could look at center as being one of those spots. I mm-hmm. think you can look at defensive tackle being yeah, one of those spots, either a nose or, or someone to put into the rotation that – Again, they're not looking for a true nose nose. Sure, and uh, an alu alu replacement, right? Right, right. And then I think you look at uh, tight end. I would think corner as well, perhaps yeah, if, if something presents there. itself. But right. I, I think they're okay. I mean, they're they're paying uh, Cameron Sutton. Um, I think they want to see him on the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why the move with Stephen Nelson. Oh, he's going to play every snap. No, yeah. Much, so right. you know, are you looking for a, a veteran slot cornerback so Sutton doesn't have to do that? I wonder uh, where he's more comfortable. I think he's a little better inside, but take more of a beating inside, too. You get more beat up. Yeah, I mean, right. he's good at both. It's uh, going to be interesting for him, I think. It, the big thing is he's never really had an opportunity to just to play one spot. Yeah. You know, it's always been, okay, take some snaps at nickel, take some snaps on the outside. How about some snaps at safety? Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. Linebacker areas. Yeah. And right. And that's great. Versatility is wonderful. and. You know, Minka's a great example. He got used in a variety of ways, and that was the reason he was picked so high by Miami, and deservedly so. But when you stick those guys in one spot and they don't have to do a lot of things, sometimes their game excels. Now they, yeah, now yeah, they right, can get right. better at that part of it and right. just concentrate on that. Um, of course, the Chase Claypool stuff from from uh, over the weekend, uh, um, video of him surfacing in a, a, a bar fight. Mm-hmm. Um, not the best look. I didn't see the video yet, but I've heard it's but not great. It's not great, but it's not something that's, oh, my God, he's going to get suspended for the year or something. No, I no, mean, no, it's, right, this right. Is, first of all, it's a misdemeanor. Maybe mm-hmm. he gets sued by the guy. Because of who he is. Because right. of who he is. Right. But outside of that, I don't see that being You don't a, think that's a suspension looming or anything I don't like think that. so. It, from what I heard, it didn't uh, – I didn't watch it, so it's really second But you have to be smarter than that. It's not, the, it's not a good look. It's not a, you know, a great move. Not the smartest thing to do. You got to realize who you who are. You, and are. you always yeah. have a target. On you got to walk away. Right. You just got to. Um, I mean, unless your family's at stake or something, or you're defending some, you know, someone that's in, really in trouble. But hopefully, that's a lesson and a wake up call. To quit being dumb. You know. Yeah. That kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's just the thing. Um, they also uh, we saw Robert Spillane signed his exclusive rights free agent mm-hmm. deal today. That's that's a 
that we knew that was coming. That's that's an accounting move. That that yeah, was yeah, going yeah. to happen. He can't go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's taken care of now. So you People start see those headlines and overreact, and it, it yeah. really isn't anything. Yeah. Uh, you start looking here. I'm looking at NFL.com's top remaining free agents. Hmm. These are guys still available. Um, Before you do, I'm going to throw one crazy thing at you. Okay. I don't think this is going to happen. Trust me. But you could trade for Sam Darnold now. You could. You know what I mean? You could yeah. do something like that. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. But you could do that now. Yeah, if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the top free agents available. Uh, this guy was seven on the original list. He's still available. Jadavian Clowney, he's not coming to the Steelers. Folks. He's not coming to the Steelers. I've seen that no. speculate. Well, he could go to the Steelers because they need an outside pet edge rusher. That's not him. No. Him and Bud have some similarities, but I don't think that's – they didn't use Bud like Houston used the pre or used Clowney, which I thought would fit him a little bit better. But you don't want to line him up on the edge and drop him into coverage and, you know. No. And he's not going to play for $3 million a year. No. Uh, number 26 is still available. That's Mitchell Schwartz. Hmm. That's all health. It's, I, I think that, that's going to be one that maybe somebody signs him going See, into training camp. I think if he's healthy, he'll go to the back of the Chiefs. Potentially, yeah. You know what I mean? Although Kyle Long could play right tackle. He's also 32 years old. You he know, might just retire. Coming off of a back injury. Right. You know, there, there's, some inter- there, there's some retirement rumors mm-hmm. out there. He's not going to be a stealer either, though. Yeah. Justin Houston. Still available. He was number twenty-eight on the original list. See, I some of these older edge guys are interesting to me, yeah. and he wouldn't even be a starter over Highsmith. Just we want to use you twenty snaps. You're gonna, yeah, a game. you're going to play twenty snaps a game. We right. want twenty quality edge rushes off of you. We keep of you. our other guys fresh. Keep you fresh. We're going to you know you're not going to. And if he came in in that kind of role, he'd get five or six sacks this year. Yeah, right, right, right. Because he's good. He's, he's, he's good, still able right. to do that. He just can't do it for 60 snaps a game. I'd be very interested in somebody like that. I mean, yeah. there might even be lesser versions in him that are a little cheaper. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. right. But somebody that can do that for you as a veteran, you know, uh, that has some, some interest to me. I thought T.Y. Hilton signed, but apparently he mm, hasn't yet. Uh, so he's number 33 on the list. He's still there. Yeah, Obviously, receivers off the board. Yeah, right. he's, he's not going to – he not, won't be here. Carlos Dunlap is number 34. He's still available. He really doesn't fit here he either. He doesn't fit. I kind of like the player, but yeah. he's a four-man front guy yeah. all day long. I mean, if you're going to if you were to use him on the edge when you go to to sub packages, mm-hmm. that would work. Yeah. But that's tough. Yeah, I don't like the fit. Uh number 40 is Melvin Ingram. He's a perfect example. Yeah. I mean, I'll take him over Clowney or... But he can't stay healthy. Him. He can't stay healthy. But yeah. he'd be my third guy. Right. I don't think he would sign for... A, I don't th- I think he's going to wait. Right. I think he's going to wait and see what he can get. 42, still available, is Eric Fisher. Hmm. That one's going to be... I don't know if he plays in 2022 or yeah, 2021. I mean, all medical, obviously. Tore that Achilles tendon late in, this, in, in the playoffs. The timing was horrible for him. I mean, I just think he takes the year off. He's still only 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a serious, serious in- injury. I, I mean, what if you were the Colts that have a lot of free agent money and a left tackle need? Sign him now and assume he's not going to play for the year. Like, could, But then you're going to draft somebody because you're going to gonna have somebody to play that spot this year. Right. It's, it's hairy. Yeah, I think he ends up just sitting out the season and coming back next year and saying, "I'm still Eric Fisher." I'm. I mean, I'm sure he's. I don't think his career is over. Yeah, like Schwartz. Uh, Forty-four is KJ Wright. He's thirty-two. Yeah. Um, he's had a really good career. Yeah. 
I don't think he's what they need, though. No, I don't think so either. But I'm kind of surprised he hasn't gotten signed by anyone yet. I, me too. Me too. I mean, leader, been on a lot of good defenses, yeah. been I mean, every down player in his career. Tampa Bay brought Levante David back like immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the same age. They are the same age. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think Wright's what the Steelers need. I mean, we've gone back and forth so many times via text and stuff. There's there's a million athletic linebackers wow. in this class. I mean, this class, <laughs> as, as, the, numbers as the pro days numbers are coming out, I'm just like, holy mackerel, I didn't know that mm-hmm. that guy was that fast. Everybody's below 4'6". Yeah. And they're all 220-plus. You know, I mean, there's a lot of them. And it doesn't six, mean they're great at six, football. 6'2", 6'3", but, yeah. but they're moldable clay. Right, 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 right. So I think that's the role you go at linebacker. Give me speed and youth and cheap. Yeah. Um, 47 uh, is Malcolm Butler. He's 31. Mm. Didn't have a great year. Yeah. The right price, maybe, but uh, I don't love it. Same thing with this guy. 51 is Richard Sherman. Right. It has to be the right fit. I mean, him and Tomlin might be great for one another. I mean, he's really smart, been around the block. He's a But the Steelers have played more man defensively. I say he's not know. really a man cover guy. Yeah. You know, an off man cover guy. And he's always lined up in Hayden's spot at that left corner. Yeah. Like, I bet he would not want to be the right corner. Yeah. 52 is Sammy Watkins. Not for the Steelers. And the Ravens were kicking the tires on him. If that's the Ravens' upgrade this year at wide receiver, like they're they're in trouble. They're in trouble to receive position. Yeah. They I mean, almost they have to drop or somebody yeah. like that, but it, or I don't trust rookies. They've been down that yeah. well many times. I mean, their their average age of their receivers on their roster right now, I believe, is like twenty two and a half. I bet. I mean, they draft. That one. doesn't change that by adding another rookie to the equation. No, they draft to, you know, someone with a great forty time every year. Yeah, and none of them have really hit. I mean, Brown's a two. I bet Watkins about the best they could do. Yeah, Antonio Brown's still available. Yeah, he's he number fifty six. Uh, I still think he goes back to Tampa. Yeah, I've heard some Russell Wilson's interested in him rumors too, and I think they're trying to make Russ happy. But I, I, I bet he's a Buck or a, a Seahawk. This one's interesting. Fifty-eight, Daquan Jones. We were talking about him off the air. A nose tackle, um, space eater, run yeah, stuff. Yeah, but he can run. I mean, he's yeah. not a fat guy. You know, right. I mean, yeah, he's I mean, long he can... arm power player. He would be interesting. I mean, you, you said it. I'm stealing your words. He would be an upgrade over Alulu. Yeah, I think so. Not a great pass rusher, but a better player, younger. Like, he's one I'd sign to a two-year deal. Yeah, I, I think, again, 29 years old, I think mm-hmm. he could get, you know, he, he's at the stage of his career now where where Alo Alo was when the Steelers signed him. Yeah, four right, years right, ago. Right, right. 29-year-old guy. Right. He's been a starter for a long time. Pretty high he, pick. Yeah. Has some pedigree. Right. No, I like that one maybe the best for what he would cost. I don't think he'd be super expensive. I wouldn't think so because there's a lot million over two years. There's maybe. a lot of defensive tackles available there. So mm-hmm. if you're going to spend that, you know, if you were going to spend that, let's say it's six million over two years, that's what Alu Alu got. Yeah, that's why. I wouldn't said you rather seven, have Daquan but, Jones? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I wonder if he's overpriced himself a little, or there's something there we don't know. But um, on the surface, that seems like good a player. Really good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sixty-six is a safety, Xavier Woods. I don't see the need there. Sixty-seven though is center Austin Ryder. Yeah, twenty-nine-year-old center. He's got plenty of playoff experience. He's a chief for people who don't know. Yeah, not not a real household name because you can get you can get lost in that offense. Yeah, he was the only player on their line that played well in the Super Bowl, by the way. And everyone just lumps them all together. Yeah, right. This poor guy, like, hey, I held up, but the other four did. <laughs> the other four did. <laughs> they were storming the castle. This wall didn't go down yeah, here. They just okay. Yeah. The, 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 the side gate was open and the back gate was open. <laughs> right. I mean, the, he's not the front gate was not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a one of the best thirty-two, as you would think in Kansas City's offense. Better in protection. He's not a 
a massive Malia type guy, but he's pretty good on his feet. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, you could sign those two guys. You sign Daquan Jones and Austin Ryder. Yeah, you just helped yourself up the middle of the field on both in sides. A big way, right? Yeah. In a big way. And then maybe I'm not drafting a center. And or you take one late and you know maybe try maybe. to develop them. But you certainly don't have to, right? Um, and then lastly, too, I mean, we were talking about this off the air. I'd love to not draft a D tackle this year, just because yeah. the class stinks. It's not a very good yeah, class at all. I'd, they would do it next year. It'd be nice to push that down the road. Sixty-eight is Cordero Patterson, and I don't know what you do with him. No, I bet Matt Canada would like him. He's thirty, though. I know he's no longer a spring chicken here, and no. he's not going to stay fast forever. He's a great returner. He's a great return guy. But, but there's a, you, he doesn't know how to run routes. He, I mean, yeah. he's very he's been in the league for eight years and still doesn't know how to run routes. Right. <laughs> yes, that's a good, nice way of putting it. Uh, and he's been with a lot of different teams. Uh, 73 is Duke Johnson. Hmm. If used properly, you're receiving like would, back. Would you rather have Duke Johnson as your receiving back or Jalen Samuels? That's not even close. That's a slam dunk. That's not even close. I mean, Duke Johnson has the most rushing yards in the U's history, too. Yeah. I mean, he, no one ever looks at him as an every-down back, but for a game or two, yeah. I mean, I'd, get you I'd much rather hand the ball Duke than Samuel. Yeah. You I know. mean, he knows what to do. He, yeah. He's, he's a solid NFL player. Still be cheap. T- still 27. Yeah, the running back, you know, have not been, mm-hmm. certainly not been paid in this offseason. You know, you mentioned you probably want to keep an extra back this year with the 17-game schedule. Him, McFarland, Snell, early pick. Okay. Yeah. You know, right. There's a variety there. 74 is Alejandro Villanueva, still available. I... Steeler fans want him to sign for big money somewhere else. Yeah, that's, that's what you, what you, that's really, what you want. really want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and we haven't mentioned a lot of tackles on this list. Well, they, they get picked up quick. Yeah. I keep going back to Indy. I mean, they have money and they need a left tackle bad. Yeah. I mean, unless they think they have a deal for Orlando Brown or something like that. I mean, if Al wants to play, I think somebody will use him. Absolutely. But I, I was, you know, Steeler fans probably would have been better if he had been signed already to a bigger deal. I mean, the fact that he's still out there is not great for your comp pick situation. Right. Uh, Seventy six is Alden Smith still available? They're not going to take a he risk on him. He doesn't sure. fit here. Seventy eight is Brashad Breland. He's okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. He's 29. Yeah, yeah. Quentin Dunbar, the same thing at 83. Yeah. 29-year-old cornerback. Uh, 84, this is the oh, this is the old defensive back area here, is Casey Hayward. 32. Didn't have a good year last yes, year. Yes, he didn't have a great year. He's had a good career. He's 32 years old. Yeah. Wow. Makes me feel old. Wow. <laughs> 87 is Malik Hooker. And I had some people saying, well, the Steelers should sign Malik Hooker and, and – uh, you know, they could use him and then not, uh, you know, pick up the option at Edmonds next year. Malik Hooker can't stay healthy. He can't stay healthy, right. He's coming off a torn Achilles. Yeah, it's a bad one. You know, that's just not good. I know good. he's a Youngstown guy and people are rooting for him around here. And he's former first-round pick. And that part's great. But you got to be on the field. Yeah. And he hasn't been great on the field, period. Either, yeah, the best know? ability is va- availability. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of that. Uh, 90s Lawrence Guy. He would fit the bill. Yeah. Not sexy, but he eats up space. Tough, you know, veteran. Uh, Ninety-three, James Connor. The more you wait, the more the longer it's you wait, right, the longer right. it looks like I. I would not be opposed to bringing James Connor back on a you know like you did with Juju, but with, cheaper. I mean, basically, make it very known that yeah. he's going to be the two. But you, you say James, you're the you're the starter going into training camp, but we're drafting somebody. 
Oh, yeah. And you, you know. don't know you're going to get a guy. Again, yeah. right. 17-game schedule, you average 20 touches per game over a 17-game schedule. That's 340 touches. Mm-hmm. That's going to be tough for any running back. So you better have two starter-capable running backs. Oh, yeah. Would you consider Fournette? You haven't mentioned his name. I don't know if he's on that list. <sighs> I didn't think he was very good before he was a buck. And, he's been, and he's, I think he, he's been overrated as a buck. I, I still think he's a... Locker room problem. I think he's too. There's yeah. a reason that that's the reason why he got benched and was inactive for a game in Tampa late in the year mm-hmm. because right, he was yeah, yeah. he was you know I should be getting the ball I should be doing this I should be doing that yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and I'm I bet he's asking for money or he would have been signed by now but yeah he doesn't I wanted Mike Davis to be honest with you with yeah he was, was he would have been a guy yeah uh, 94 Kawan Short that one's interesting to me too yeah I mean he's probably getting to a stage of his career he's 32 where he's like. Gerald McCoy and some of these guys that we don't. We're not going to play a ton of snaps. We know you know how to get it done. Your body can't handle the wear and tear anymore. But for twenty five snaps, yeah, line up at D tackle or three technique, rush the passer. You know, okay. I'm glad you brought up McCoy. Those guys are available every year. There's there's yeah, a yeah, bunch yeah. of them this year. Right, right, like, right. Like you can get Tyson Alulu played forty five percent of the snaps last year. I mean, Nomagon Sue just signed today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm. I don't think the Steelers were interested in him, but right. I mean, high pedigree d- dudes that would have had a lot of success in the league—they're just getting up in age. Yeah, shorts that guy now. Uh, Ninety-nine is Al Quadim Muhammad, defensive tackle out of uh, from uh, the Colts. Mm, okay, I don't know much about him. He's played multiple positions. He's played yeah. all across their line. Um, again, twenty-six years old. Then say gonna, the age part's yeah. you know interesting. I don't know much about him. Uh, number one hundred is Everson Griffin. Pooh. He doesn't drop. He doesn't fit. Right. He's kind of like Dunlap in that way. But if it was pure edge rush situation, bring him in for 20 snaps a game. Yeah. But the problem is then Highsmith gets hurt for a game and, and you don't have a starter. a starter and yeah. you can't drop in the coverage and doesn't really play the position the way you want. Now I'm looking here at uh, – that was from NFL.com. I'm looking here at the original list. Pro Football Network. Yeah, that was off of their original list of guys mm-hmm. still remaining. Top remaining guys, according to Pro Football Network – I'm going to skip the quarterbacks because yeah. It's, but here's the here's the kind of guys that are available at quarterback. You're talking about <laughs> Nick Mullins, right. Brian Hoyer, Alex Smith, Chase Daniel, Robert Griffin, C.J. Beathard. These this C.J. Beathard signed like an hour ago. Yeah, this yeah. this is the kind of pool you're dipping your toe into. I'll take Rudolph over all those guys, yeah. folks. Meanwhile, right. uh, oh by the way, Josh Dobbs not on here anywhere. Not that Haskins is good, but I'll take Haskins over all those guys. Any of those guys, just so at least yeah. he might hit. You know, yeah. Um, free uh, free agent wide receiver market. Again, this is where Baltimore is going to be dipping its yeah. toe into. They almost have to. If the Steelers would happen to go this route, he has to play special teams. Yeah, you know it has to be the Hayward Bay type. T. Y. Hilton, Antonio Brown, Sammy Watkins, Adam Humphreys. Yeah, I think Demar- Humphreys has injuries. So. Demarcus Robinson, Marquise Goodwin, Golden Tate, Cordero Patterson, Alshon Jeffrey, Willie Sneed. A lot of guys with issues, and yeah. then some of the some of them are pure slots, which doesn't yeah. help them. The other thing, if you're a Raven, you got to block. You got to block. Yeah, I mean, like T.Y. Hill ain't blocking anybody. Yeah, you, you, I, I think when anybody. when it's all said and done, they end up re-signing Willie Sneed. Maybe I can see Watkins <laughs> there, but potentially I don't trust him at all. Yeah, I mean, because I look at the rest of those, maybe a Golden Tate. Maybe he's more slot. He's tough at least, though. But yeah, at least he's a proven mm-hmm. you know guy that you they know. would use him. Yeah. Uh, top remaining running backs on the market. Yeah. This is what it's down to here now. James Conner's number one on their list. Wow. Over Leonard Fournette. Le'Veon Bell, three. Todd Gurley, four. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in Bell or Gurley at all. No. I know people are probably like, ooh, those are big yeah. guys. No. Uh, Duke Johnson, Wayne Gallman, Brian Hill, Tevin. You've brought up Gallman a couple times. That's yeah. not so bad. No, I I mean, he can be. He's cheap. He doesn't have a lot of wear and tear. He's good at Clemson. He's done fine when given the opportunity. Yeah, he was, he was good last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, Kalen Balazs. I don't want to do with Coleman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just a straight line, Shanahan type bat. I mean, no thanks. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what you're looking at there. Um, tight ends. Now, this is a spot where There's they can. guys. Yeah. Trey Burton. No. No, not a blocker. Tyler Eifert. Maybe. Jordan Reed. No. Not a blocker, yeah. Jesse James. Strong possibility, I'd yeah. say. Richard Rogers. This guy we brought up a couple yeah. of times. How old is he, though? He's 30. Uh, I was thinking he was like 33 No, he's not that old. Okay. Mercedes Lewis, on the other he's hand, he's very old. old yeah. but he knows how to, I mean, he'll, he'll be in the league this year. This is a guy here that's interesting. He's I mean, this guy, he's a, he's a, almost a pure blocker, but Michael Pruitt. Yeah, he's not super old either and yeah. can run a little bit. I mean, he even can do some fullback for you right. and some stuff like that. Can use him in some different spots. Not bad. And then Darren Fells just got cut loose last week by the, the Texans. I kind of liked Fells. Yeah. He's older than people think, too. I think right. he's like 32 or 33. But he's athletic. and Yeah. yeah. The Houston tight end situation's always been odd. They, they never they, use those guys They collect well, a bunch of them, collect, and they don't yeah. use them. Right, right, right. <laughs> they all kind of cancel each other out. I mean, league minimum or you know 1.5, something like that. I mean, yeah, okay. Uh, top remaining offensive lineman available. Hmm. Russell Okung. He wasn't on the NFL.com list. That's odd. Um, I bet he'll be a starting left tackle somewhere. Somewhere. He's kind of like Al. Not that they're similar. I mean, he's a unique personality from what I understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think he represents himself, and uh, maybe he's exploring other options in life, too. Uh, Villanueva is number two on that mm-hmm. list. Kalecio Semeli, number three on that list. He played well for uh, two games or something. Yeah, and then he got hurt. Right, right. But he's had a lot of injuries. Then you have Eric Fisher. Yeah. One thing you're going to notice here: there's four Kansas City Chiefs offensive linemen on this list that are currently un- that are currently unemployed. Because uh, you got Fisher, then you got Austin Blythe at five. He's a center from the Rams. He's small though. Yeah, I mean, he's been a starting center, but he's small. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz at six. Mm-hmm. Austin Ryder at seven. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, Dennis Kelly at eight. Pure swing tackle. Yeah, I'd rather have Hague. Uh Trey Turner at nine. That one kind of shocks me. That he's yeah. still out there. Yeah. And then uh, DJ Fluker at 10. Too big and slow. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, their top remaining defensive players. They don't rank. Strange, they yeah. just they just rank all the defensive guys. In, in a, they have Darius Williams. He's restricted. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, J.C. Jackson restricted. Yeah, those guys. Yeah. So they have Geno Atkins, who was cut by the Bengals, as their number one defensive guy who's a free, free agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's now in that McCoy mold yeah, of his career, yeah. you know, right? And he doesn't fit necessarily no. here now. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, Richard Sherman, Brian Poole. He's a slot corner. Yeah. I've be, I've been asked about him a lot. Well, the Steelers, was, how about the Steelers sign Brian Poole? I, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. Yeah. He's more like the draft goes through and didn't really get anybody, and yeah. we know he can kind of hold down the fort guy. Yeah. You know, like, He's not he's not selling tickets. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Number seven's Olivier Vernon. He's coming off a torn Achilles. Yeah, he's, he's not gonna play this year. Guy too. He's he, a, he, wonder if his career's over. He won't play it all this year. 
Uh, eight, Melvin Ingram. We, we talked about him. I'd love to add him in some capacity, yeah. but I don't know how. Uh, then you have uh, nine, in, uh, Dunbar and Breland. We talked about them. Yeah, they're the same. Eleven, Mackenzie Alexander. Mm-hmm. Just a guy. More of a slot. Yeah. Wasn't great last year. Uh, Twelve is Kawan Short. We've talked about him. I wouldn't mind him. that. Thirteen is A.J. Bouye. I don't know what the problem was with him. Part of me thinks he... Yeah, he made a name for himself opposite Ramsey for a year or two, kind of came out of nowhere. I wonder if he not got lucky, but kind of caught lightning in a bottle for a yeah. year or two because um, Denver was very quick to cut him. But he was also a big contract. He's a big contract. Yeah. was hurt a lot last year. Hurt a lot. One-year deal? I mean, I wouldn't I'd sign him for a lot. More. Yeah, Right. Uh, then after him, you have Hooker and Alden Smith. Yeah. They just, it's a clip just came across TV that Alden Smith's not going to return to Dallas. I mean, he he flashed a little bit last year, but that's not the fit either. No, I don't see that being as much here. But there are guys still available, mm-hmm. especially I think that defensive tackle market is is a little bit deeper than what those aren't going to be the top ten type of lists, right? You know, but there's names that have nobody been was the block. nobody got real excited when Villain or when uh, Alo Alo was signed. No, no. I mean, oh, they got like... they got Tyson Olualu. He was you know right tenth pick in the draft in 2010. I mean, there's dudes yeah. like Peters who played in with Cardinals, and the guys that have been around the league that they're like the fourth starter on your rotation that eats a lot of innings and has a kind of high ERA. Yeah. But you know that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Standing yeah. in the middle, take, take, right, take right, up right. a couple of blockers, let Cam and to it go get go get the they quarterback. They can eat a snap for you, and yeah. not embarrass themselves. You know, there's a lot of those types out there. Yeah. So that's what's uh, you know the Steelers now have the cash available to make a move like that. We'll see if that happens. Uh, but that's going to do it for this they segment. They could make a trade. I mean, if there's they an could. unhappy dude yeah. out there, you know, maybe. Yeah. So he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You've been listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We want to thank Jacob Reck for keeping us on the air throughout the show. And we want to thank you for listening to this edition. We'll be back with more. Don't go anywhere. You can always listen to uh, all of our shows here on uh, Steelers Nation Radio. The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We're pleased to be joined at this time uh, by a regular guest uh, of the show. That will be Bob Labriola, editor of Steelers Digest and Steelers.com. And uh, Bob, uh, we're about a month out from the draft. Does it feel like it? (laughs) Um, You know, everything everything feels kind of weird as isolated and disjointed as we have been here for what is it, about 14 months, 15 months? I don't know how many months it's been. 27 since. months, 300 <laughs> months. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, things seem to be coming back, I won't say to normal yet, but closer to what we used to believe was normal. I mean, the draft is not going to be totally uh, virtual. At least that's what we've been hearing. There's going to be some actual in-person um interaction in Cleveland on the uh, days of the draft. Um, you know, I've been hearing some good things about um, training camp. Art Rooney II yeah. is, uh, I won't say adamant, that seems a little bit of a strong word, but he's highly interested and motivated to have 
training camp uh, back at St. Vincent College. So, so am I. You know, Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think Westmoreland County is as well. Yes. And, A couple establishments um, you know, we frequent with are as well. Right. The um, the preseason. I think there's going to be a preseason. Uh, it may be modified because, you know, as part of the um, 17-game regular season, I think they were going to cut the preseason uh, to some degree anyway. So it would be in conjunction with that. But, I mean, it's going to be, um, you know, what it was going to be with a 17-game season. So, yeah, things seem to be – um, you know, moving back towards what we're more used to. And um, as I've said to Missy Matthews, I will never make fun of football in shorts again. <laughs> <laughs> Not when you miss it like we had, yeah, uh, right. had to do last year. Yeah, you don't know what you have until it's gone. Absolutely. Uh, Bob, Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert are uh, making the rounds uh, doing the pro days and and those things, and every pro time days have been pretty normal too. Pro days have been reasonably yeah, normal, right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but every time they show up somewhere, it's suddenly front page news that oh, they must be looking at name the first round right. guy. They're at Clemson. Hey, folks, they'll be at Clemson <laughs> next year too, and the year after, right? And like they were too, they were at Alabama yesterday, of course. <laughs> right. And You're miss that. You know, everybody. Well, they're there. They're, they're you know, obviously look at Najee Harris. Like Alabama has nobody else that they might be interested in drafting. Sure. Well, and, you know, what I've learned, um, you know, in, in getting to know how Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin work, uh, not so much doing their jobs, but how they work this part of the NFL calendar together, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things. For example, last year, uh, I'm sure at, when they went to LSU, um, they were watching Joe Burrow maybe even had a conversation with him, you know, maybe not in terms of the same intensity or the same length, you know, as some of the teams that may have had a chance to draft him. But, you know, you, you want to get to know the guy a little bit. I mean, it helps. You're going to, you, you see him in the league. Um, play either playing against him. Uh, there's other players, and I'm not talking about Burrow anymore specifically, but guys that, that at the Alabama Pro Day, um, you know, once upon a time at the uh, Florida Pro Day, um, Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert had some fairly um, in-depth conversations with Joe Hayden. Now, maybe at Alabama they were doing that with Patrick Sertan, even though you know going in you had no chance of picking Hayden, and you're going in this year figuring you have no chance to pick Patrick Sertan, but maybe he knows, maybe he come, becomes a free agent at some point. Or maybe he's in your division. Or, you know, and it's all just, uh, you don't just go there. You know, it's like going to the grocery store. When you go to the grocery store, you don't just go in to buy apples, buy apples, and then leave. <laughs> you feel I the mean, melons, you, you check out the, you know, what's <laughs> yeah, on sale. You, you know? Right, check out what's on sale. You know, cruise through the bakery department, see if, what the cookies look like. You know, who knows, maybe you're in the mood for a cookie. Or maybe you're not right now, but maybe next week you might be. And so, you know, I just think that um, for the Steelers, for Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert, these pro days are part of the due diligence, you know, of being up to date with personnel that's either in the league or going to be in the league. And, um, you know, hey, people need something to write about or talk about, guys like you, <laughs> lots of hours to fill. Um, you know, it, it – it, maybe it turns into something, maybe it doesn't. Um, 
But uh, I do think that people are interested in this. And, hey, let's face it, the Steelers do, especially recently with Tomlin and Colbert, they have a history of, you know, uh, picking guys who they spend a good bit of time with at their pro days. Yeah, and the other thing that happens just for our, our listeners that it's been missing lately in the scouting world is a lot of these scouts know each other. You know, the Eastern scouts all go to dinner after they go to Maryland or whatever. There's a lot of sharing of information. I'm not saying cheating or anything, but there's chats about, you know, what do you think of this guy? I can't really get a beat on him. He doesn't fit us. What do you guys think? You know, a lot of that kind of stuff goes on at Pro Days, too. Sure. I mean, and, you know, the league is, um, you know, with free agency, certainly, you know, there's a lot of player movement. And every year uh, on the first day after the, the regular season finale, uh, when coach, you know Black Monday or whatever the in the coaching profession they like to call it, um, you know a lot of guys get fired and there's a lot of movement not only with head coaches but assistant coaches, uh, you know maybe not so much with scouts, but you know personnel in the league there's a, there's a lot of movement and you know a guy who might be your uh, teammate so to speak in one way or another today, you know might be a competitor tomorrow and and as you mentioned Matt you know there are guys that you may know or have come across with or done business with previously who might, you know, for example, um, uh, if you're a team looking for a quarterback and you're sitting there with, um, you know, a guy that um, from Kansas City and they have no interest in a quarterback, and you might say to him, now, what do you think of Zach Wilson? Uh, you know, they're calling him the next Mahomes you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the guy from Kansas City gives you a little insight because oh, yeah. they don't care. They have no interest. And you were on a staff um, together two years ago, and he's one of your, and he was right. in your wedding. You yeah. Know, he's a friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. um, so, there's, you know, there's a lot of that, too. Bob, you, uh, you mentioned uh, the cornerback position with, with the, the, the kid in Alabama. I did a, a little look back. From at the drafts from 2015 to 2017, and there were 14 cornerbacks selected in the first round of those drafts, those three drafts. Of those 14, there are only three who are still with the teams that drafted them. That's crazy. Uh, I'm of the belief at that position more than any other in the league, you're renting those players more so than, than any other position because it just transitions. That just, yeah, it just too. seems to be what happens at that position. So when the Steelers uh, move on from, from Steven Nelson this weekend. And, and Art Rooney said, you know, when we talked to him at the end of the season, there's going to be more – this is going to be one of the most difficult off-seasons that we've ever had. Did people not believe him? <laughs> like, they're gonna, they were going to have to make some moves that, you know, maybe they not wouldn't George, have made normally, George, yeah. but, you know, this was not a normal year. No, and, you know, I, I firmly believe that uh, if – this, if, if there was not um, a global pandemic last, you know, NFL season and fans were in the stands and tickets were sold and hot dogs were sold and beer was sold and all that stuff, you know, the cap would have probably, the cap was what, like 198? It would have been at least 210. Right, right around there. And, you know, if the cap is there, Steven Nelson is still on this team. Um, you know, and, and so – Two things that I don't know if Steelers fans really believed or understood. First is what you just pointed out, the, the, the gravity 
of the salary cap situation. And the other one that I, it really amuses me is, you know, I'll get these submissions or emails or whatever. I've been a Steelers fan for 25 years. <laughs> when are they going to start spending money in free agency? You just answered your question. Right. Right. I mean, have you been paying attention? <laughs> this is not a team that believes in um, building a roster through free agency. Now, I understand it's frustrating and miserable to be a Steelers fan at this time of the year. But if you've been a fan, you're, you say you have, for 20 or 25 years, you should kind of be used to it by now, <laughs> or at least expect what's going to happen because it happens all the time. And, you know, why don't they change? Well, you know, whatever. Um, you know, they've been playing 55 or 56 Super Bowls, and nobody has won more than the Steelers six. Um, so there's that. So whatever you think of how they're doing business, it is at least as successful as the most successful franchises in the league over the course of the time that they've been having that game, you know, at the end of the season. So um, it, it's, it's just it's who they are. It's what they believe. It's their business model. And it's really not going to change. So, um, you know, want to complain, go ahead. Um, it's wasted energy. Uh, we're all in agreement there without question, Labs. However, Nelson has been cut. Ebron's been restructured. And all of a sudden, they have a little bit of money. Do you have any inclination what they're going to do with those couple bucks? Well, I mean, that's really, that's what it is. It's a couple of bucks because when you start adding up the, you know, the, the, the costs, that are coming, you know, around the corner. Um, you know, you have to, first of all, at this time of the year, it's only the top 51 salaries, okay? So when they get to the end of August uh, and you cut the roster to 53, okay, you got to have more cap money because you're going to have 53 players then. Now, how many um, practice squad guys are there going to be? I don't know. Maybe it's a dozen. Maybe they make some sort of, um, you know, contingency plan based on, you know, the remnants of uh, COVID. And maybe there's more guys on the practice squad. And maybe they go back to last year where they allowed just about anybody on the practice squad. But then the, the salaries for those guys, depending upon their years of service, are different. So you could have 12 to 15 guys making, I don't know, between three and $5,000 a week over 17 weeks. Well, that has to come off out of your salary cap. If you have any injured guys on IR, they still get paid. And, you know, as Kevin Colbert has said, uh, he likes to keep, you know, this is what he said last year anyway, like $5 million as a cushion because, gee, I don't know, maybe your uh, best three-down inside linebacker blows out a knee, and you find that not only is he gone, but this uh, young guy who was playing not too bad, he's on IR too, and all of a sudden you're playing with your third and fourth inside linebackers, and so you swing a trade for a veteran uh, whenever that was you know, in October, November, whenever they got Avery Williamson, you got to have money to pay him because if you make a trade for him, you got to assume his contract. And so, you know, and then your kicker either injures his groin or his hip, and you got to sign a, a kicker, and you're kind of carrying two kickers. Uh, because you don't know from one week to the next if Chris Boswell's hip and or groin or whatever it was is going to allow him to do his job on Sunday. 
That has to come out of the salary cap. So you look at it and you see, boy, that's a lot of money, but it's really not because there are a lot of expenses that are imminent that are not yet being accounted for. So um, maybe they can do some some more uh, bargain basement shopping, um, but uh, there certainly was not enough money to keep Stephen Nelson. It just wasn't. Um, at whatever his cap hit was, it, it just it was it couldn't happen. And I'm just personally, I think they made the right move. If you were going to get rid of one of those guys, Hayden is the better player. He's been the better player. He'll always be the better player. Um, and so that's why you kept Hayden, in my opinion. Now, when you when you uh, look at uh, everything in that vein, um, you say, okay, maybe they don't have. Yes, it's fourteen million dollars, but they don't have to have that that cap number doesn't have to be that the 53 guys and all that stuff until the end of training camp so there is a little bit of of wiggle room here um that maybe just maybe they might have a plan uh you know every every time they make a move this off season whatever it's been or somebody signs somewhere else immediately it's oh the Steelers are you know this is happening that's it last last week at this last week at this time people were panicking because they had lost four guys in free agency, and all they'd done is re-sign Cam Sutton. Like, they don't have to line up for six more months I was to play a game. Sutton. Right. <laughs> well, well, and Sutton was, in their mind, a significant guy to keep. And so um, that's why they approached it, you know, that way. The other thing, I believe, that, uh, their strategy, or at least part of their strategy, uh, this entire offseason was – you know, we're not going to cut anybody until we have to because, you know, maybe who knows? Everybody assumed, for example, that Juju was going to be gone. He was going to get a big offer and leave. Well, maybe he doesn't, and he didn't. And so rather than cutting people before you had to make a decision based on Juju leaving, you wait till it happens and see what happens, and then you make a corresponding move. You know, maybe you wouldn't be, have been able to get B.J. Finney just to pick out a – so why would you want to make a move to create cap space for a signing that didn't happen? Because the guy that you cut or terminated or whatever the, the word, the verb they like to use now, uh, when you get rid of a, a vested veteran, well, maybe you could have kept him. But once he's cut, he's gone. And so, you know, again, this you know this was a Dan Rooney – um, pillar of his business philosophy. You don't make a move until you have to make a move. You know, why Why would you do that? Why didn't they cut Steven Nelson before free agency began? Well, how stupid would that have been if they didn't end up needing the money that he uh, carried on the salary cap? And they also hadn't else. re-signed Cam Sutton at that point. Right, you could be stuck right. with none of them. I mean, so, <laughs> you don't uh, you know, I, I, I don't get it. I, I You know, everybody wants everything in media as part of this problem, too. They want things done on their schedule. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, that, that's organization's not, not the way it's going to be. Yeah. It's just not going to be that way. Um, and so, um, but anyway, uh, and there's, uh, I think it was you, Dale, who said, you know, there isn't a game this week, there isn't a game next week. And so let's see how it you know, shakes out at the end. And, hey, if this ends up being a, um, let's see, 17 games, an 8-9 season, I'm assuming there's going to be 17 games. 
Uh, you know, if they end up with a losing record and don't make the playoffs, okay, then you want to go back, you know, and cherry pick the moves and criticize some. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of ammunition there and plenty of fodder for that kind of stuff. But right now, um, you know, it's no different ripping moves now than it is, you know, proclaiming the New England Patriots the greatest thing since sliced bread because would they do, sign 20 tight ends? I mean, you know, (laughs) what's – but, um, you know, a lot of fool's gold in the NFL in March, and that's that's what we're dealing with right now. Labs, do you have a take on Justin Lane? He's a tough guy for me to get my head around just because no preseason last year. I mean, there's not a lot of snaps that I've been privy to to watch over the last 365 days. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you on that, Matt. Um, you know, one of the things, the only thing, and this is me, you know, kind of looking at it from afar and maybe trying to figure out, you know, one and one, trying to add one and one and come up with the, you know, correct answer. But, you know, Justin Lane was a third-round pick. We heard a lot about his size, um, his physical tools, how he was supposed to be a developmental prospect. Um, It seemed to me by the end of last season he had lost ground to James Pierre. And then after the season, Tom Bradley, the secondary coach's contract, was not renewed. So was there some sort of dissatisfaction with how he was being taught or developed? Or I don't know. I went and back not... and looked at that situation, Bob, and it, that because I was a lot of people said the same thing to me. And if you look at it, uh, Joe Hayden – got COVID right before the final Cleveland game. That was a Saturday. It was a Saturday when he was placed on the COVID list. So they had practiced all week long with Pierre backing up Hayden and Lane was on the other side backing up Nelson. So they just rolled into that game with and played Pierre because he'd been the guy that practiced that week all on that side. On the left side. When they got to the playoff game the following week, Lane actually outsnapped uh, Pierre in that game. Now, maybe you could say, well, why didn't he take all the snaps? But I don't know that they were dissatisfied with what James Pierre or how he had played the previous week. He might be a find. Yeah, I, I don't know yeah. that, for for example, that, that Lane has been passed by Pierre. I, I don't know that for 100% certain. Well, I don't either. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, as I said from the beginning, you know, this is me looking at it from a distance uh, and trying to, you know, come up with some sort of reason for this. Um, because, as Matt said, you haven't seen enough of Lane to Correct, know yeah. that he's any good or he stinks. Well, a lot um, of fans and, have made up their mind, though, because they saw those those 117 snaps that he played last year, and he obviously stinks. And he didn't have five picks in those yeah. seven, you know, hey, snaps. Hey, you know, I, I am old enough to have been covering this football team when Rod Woodson stunk. <laughs> if, you wanted, if you want, seriously, sure. if you wanted to listen to it, Rod Woodson stunk. How could he give up that touchdown pass when he was covering Jerry Rice when Steve Young put the ball right on the button? How, how, could, he, how could he be so bad? You know, I mean, and um, I'm sure, even though I, I wasn't, um, I'm not this old, but I'm sure there was that kind of moaning and complaining about Mel Blunt at some point, too. How can he be letting that guy from Oakland or whatever, Cliff Branch or um, – Whoever whoever was the Browns receiver at the time, how can he give up that third and uh, nine uh, completion that converts that 
third down. So, you know, I've often tried to, to just kind of tune that kind of stuff out, and I always remember what Bill Nunn said about defensive backs, which was don't complain that they play too soft or, you know, whatever they happen to be doing on the field because how do you know that that's not what they're being told to do? Mm -hmm. The way you evaluate cornerbacks is you watch them in games and do they have the physical skill set and the mental, you know, the short memory or whatever for the position. If they do, then you evaluate them based on that, draft them accordingly, and then turn them over to your coaches who will tell them what they want them to do and hopefully turn them into players. Because if you write off a guy, and I'm just picking a name out of the sky here since we were talking about him, Justin Lane, he plays too soft. Well, how do you know that that's not what he's being told? Don't get beat deep. So he's playing soft. Um, and in a different situation, uh, with a different coaching staff, you know, maybe he's on a, a press man guy. Uh, so um, that's that's kind of my I've kind of learned over time, and it does get frustrating. And you know, you want to shut off the noise certainly as much like as your you phone. can. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's um, that's Daniel Jeremiah calling me, asking me what I think of his latest mock draft. But, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, again, I, it's not a perfect um, science. And I, as, as annoying as it can be a lot of times, you know, I have to keep reminding myself, you know, thank God I'm in a business that uh, elicits this kind of reaction, this kind of fervor, this kind of interest, you know, as opposed to covering, you know, one of those major sports that, um you know, doesn't garner that kind of interest. Did you use air quotes when you said major? Eric Woods. Air quotes. Oh, did you use, oh, did air, you quotes. use air quotes when you said major sports? Uh, no, I'll leave that up for you, Dale. <laughs> you can decide what's major and what's not. <laughs> well, Bob, we'll let you go. We appreciate you stopping by as always. But our guest has been Bob Labriola, the editor of Steelers Digest and Steelers.com. Uh, he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You've been listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We want to thank uh, Jacob Reck for keeping us on the air and getting Bob on the phone for us and keeping him there. That's always a plus. Uh, and we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And uh, it's segment three on Wednesday. Usually we do a mock draft on our third segment, but I thought today we would do 
Let's keep it draft oriented. Let's draft oriented yeah, yeah. for sure. A lot of pro uh, days going on. Yeah, There's a lot of stuff coming up. Pro day stuff is, is really hitting hard here. Uh, yeah, but I, I saw this last night it's from Matt Miller, who runs uh, his own website called the Draft Scout, but he's also does stuff for Bleacher Report, mm-hmm. ESPN. Uh, Good he, dude, knows his stuff. Yeah, he yeah. did some comps here for some guys who were who were first round. His top thirty two guys. Okay. Essentially, yeah. Uh, in this year's draft, I'm bad at player comps, but I think they're great. Whenever, whenever I hear a good one, I'm like, ah, that's great. Yeah, that I makes sense. Yeah, that, you know. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to run down through these. His top 32 guys in their draft comps, or the, okay. the, the guys that they're comp, the NFL players that they're compared compared to. Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck. I don't know if I quite see that. I don't know who I'd comp Lawrence to. Yeah, he's faster than Luck. He's yeah. a better runner. But Luck was thicker. Luck's thicker. They're built a little different. Yeah. Lawrence also had that shoulder, so I don't know. I, don't, I bet he didn't lift it all for a while. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think he'll thicken up a little bit. Still young. But I think you could say Lawrence is the best college quarterback in the draft since Luck. Agreed. And they both kind of – it's hard to find weaknesses. Yeah. I mean, I, I would I would take Luck from the neck up at this stage of their careers, though. His comparison for Jamar Chase – this is an interesting one – is Amari Cooper. And people might look at that and go, well, Mark Cooper's been okay, but he's not a star. Right. That's a, that's a problem with comps, first of yeah. all. Like, I, I love using this example. Who's the running back, remind you? Oh, Jim Brown. You know, like, sometimes uh, you don't have to, they don't have to be Hall of Fame type comparisons. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. You know what I mean? And some and, of these guys aren't on this list. Right. And I do see some comparisons with Cooper. I mean, they're both very thickly built. Cooper was drafted about that neighborhood where, where Chase is going to yeah. go. I don't think Cooper's been disappointing. No, no, I don't think so. I mean, I would rather have – I would take my chances with Chase over Cooper right now if I had to have one of those two on but my But I team. think if you told any NFL – well, you got a chance here to draft Amari Cooper. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he's a top 15 receiver or so. Right. Um, Chase is better off press coverage, though. Chase is a bully. I mean, he beats up on corners. Yeah, he's a big, thick guy. Yeah, a little nastier than Cooper. Kyle Pitts is his number three guy. Oh, who I compare him to? He compares him as a cross between Mike Evans and Darren Waller. I think that's pretty solid. That's a pretty yeah. solid comparison because you, that's kind of what you're getting there. I think he's stronger than both of them, but runs like them. Yeah, body type like them. This is, just goes against everything I've ever said about. Oh, he's like Jim Brown. It's kind of like if Randy Moss and Gronk had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the first way I heard of Pitts. He's like nobody else. Uh, He's bigger and more physical than Kelsey. He's not as nasty as Kittle. Uh, Number four guy is Panay Sewell, the offensive tackle out of Oregon. His NFL comparison is Jason Peters. Good one. I was actually thinking Walter Jones off the top of my head. Again, he's one of the best tackles I've ever seen, which isn't fair. (laughs) But he can run. Peters is a longtime NFL starter that you're going to get a guy who's going to line up for you for the next 12 years. I think Peters is going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Peters was undrafted or was a seventh-round pick because he was a tight end at Arkansas. Right. At like 285 pounds. Sewell runs kind of like Peters at the same. Yeah, you know, very athletic. Very, yeah. Uh, Justin Fields is his number five guy. Okay. His comp is Dak Prescott. It's a good one. Fields is more. Fields I, mean, is, I think Fields is a better runner. I think Fields is a better runner. Yeah. Like, they're talking about he might break 4-4 in the and the fast Ohio State track. Right, it's it's super fast. It's super there. fast. Yeah. It's downhill and it's 38 yards. But <laughs> <laughs> he's more accurate than Dak was in college, though. I mean, he's a better pass. Yeah. I mean, that's why Dak's a fifth round pick. I right. Mean, he was not him and him and Josh Allen got. When he had a couple, he had a couple of right before the draft too. He had a DUI. And oh, there was yeah, some, yeah. There was some stuff there that maybe he would have been a third round guy, but now he gets pushed down mm-hmm. a little bit. 
Dak and Josh Allen both got more accurate at the NFL level, which is rare. Yeah. Fields is already pretty accurate. How about this comparison? Number six guy is Micah Parsons. His comparison is Ryan Shazier. Hmm. I don't know if I see that with him, but that's a pretty that's a pretty heady comparison there from Micah yeah, Parsons. It is. I, I don't Parsons know that he'll run bigger. as I don't know that he'll run as well as Shazier did. Probably not. Maybe in usage, but I think he's though. that kind of playmaker. Right. Very disruptive. A little raw. Yeah. You know, I, I don't remember Ryan lining up on the edge and rushing the passer as well. As yeah, not so did. well. But Ryan, Ryan was a solid blitzer, though. He was a good blitzer, yeah. though. That's true. Uh, his number seven guys were Sean Slater, uh, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern. His comparison is Joe Staley. Mm. I'm nitpicking comparisons <laughs> after I just said I can't come up with any. Yeah. I mean, there's not many 6'4". I mean, Staley was like 6'7". Yeah. I mean, he was a tall and Slater But he's a, a technician. Shorter, but he's a technician yeah. with great feet. I think Staley was also a tight end at one point in his yeah. college career, maybe came to Yeah, he was. Yeah, and transfer you know, and moves like that. I mean that's how Slater moves too. Okay. This one I don't get I, I don't know if I agree with this one. His comp for is Zach Wilson number eight, quarterback at a BYU. His comp is Kyler Murray. Wow. Now maybe as a passer, yeah, but certainly not as an athlete. No. I mean, I think Kyler's Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. I mean, nobody takes off like him except for maybe Lamar. They're both sort of a play-by-the-seat-of-your-pants guy coming into the league, though. You know, I think Arizona's reeled Kyler in a little bit. Neither one's huge. Yeah. Wilson's lean. Yeah, he is. His number nine guy, speaking of lean, is Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, his NFL comp is Marvin Harrison. Yeah, you've heard that one a lot. Yeah. I've heard Isaac Bruce. Yeah, I mean, it has to be somebody lean. Yeah. No, that's fine. Hey, if you get a chance to draft Marvin Harrison, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean he's going to be Marvin Harrison, right. of course. He weighed in at 170 exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Under that would have really been scary, but, I mean, uh, it's still pretty scary. Uh, number 10, Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver out of Alabama. His uh, NFL comp is Tyreek Hill. It's another lofty comparison. I've seen very few like Hill, but Waddle's about as close as I've seen. And could be very much as equal as possible to me. I think Waddle's special. Number 11 uh, is Patrick Sertain, uh, the cornerback out of Alabama. His comp is Stephon Gilmore. Maybe his comp should have been pa- Patrick Sertain. Because could have been, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Probably not the fastest, although he ran Sertain a, he ran Sam, well. Yeah, he ran 4-4-7, yeah. which is Big, plenty fast smart, enough. Yeah. Very technically sound. Good, really good in press coverage. Yeah, that's a good comparison. You started all, all your entire career at Alabama. Alabama, right. I mean, like, going up against Judy every day and <laughs> you know, Waddle. And not to mention the guys thing. you had to hold off to start. Right, right, you know, right. Absolutely. Started as a true freshman. Uh, number 12, Caleb Farley. He's going to be an interesting guy in, in this whole draft process. Had another. Uh, he had a second minor back yeah. surgery this week. Uh, you wonder if he starts to get pushed out. I did some mock drafts last night, and he, all of a sudden he was available at the Steelers pick at 24. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Could he be a Heath Miller steal because of injury? I think there's some potential for that. Especially after opting out a whole year, yeah. too. You haven't seen him play football for a while. Here's the comp on him, Marlon Humphrey. Yeah. If you had an opportunity to take Marlon Humphrey at the 24th pick. I think Marlon Humphrey's a top-five corner right now. Right now, yeah. Yeah. Humphrey will go to the slot. Humphrey's a little more physical. I bet he's not quite as fast or tall as Farley, but few are. Yeah. I, I don't know where Farley will go. 
Yeah, I mean, he's kind of the wild card now yeah. in, the, in the in the first round of the draft, but he's talented. I had him as my number one corner before all this stuff. Yeah, you got to think Sertain now is the one that benefits. I would from think that. so. Yeah, he's clearly the one. I wonder if he'll go ahead of Horn. I think talent wise, he definitely should. He should. But, yeah, I wonder now. Does but Horn you wonder if somebody just hey, Horn's a safer pick here. Mm-hmm. Let's just take him. Uh, Thirteen is Trey Lance. His comp is Steve McNair. You hear that one a lot. I hear that one a lot, and I love yeah. it. Competitive, tough, yeah, big arm. Uh, 14 is Trayvon Moerig. Uh, his comp is Antoine Winfield. Hmm. Bigger, though. Bigger version of Antoine. Yeah, yeah. yeah I saw his, his, uh, his, his pro day was recently, and his measurements were 6'1", He ran well, too. Yeah, he ran a sub 4'5". Yeah, yeah. He's going to go pretty high. Yeah. Uh, it's hard not to. It's hard to find things you don't like about him. This is a pretty good comp for this guy. I hadn't thought about this. Jeremiah Owosu Koromora. Mm-hmm. His comp is Jamal Adams. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot. That Adams isn't truly a safety. He isn't uh, because he. Well, he's a great. Bl- you know, he leads all defensive backs in sacks. Well, he should because he can't cover anybody. <laughs> I say, he's not good in coverage. <laughs> this guy might be faster. Yeah, I think the usage is the same. Similar impact on the game. Yeah, not traditional. Yeah, somebody somebody mentioned one. somebody brought up to me. Well, why don't the Steelers draft him and play him in the slot? I'm like, he's okay in coverage for a linebacker, but for he's a linebacker. for a linebacker. But he's not a good a good in coverage for a cornerback. No, right. Like, <laughs> this that was the Miles Jack conversation too. Yeah. Like UCLA he played some corner. Do you want him lining up against? <laughs> I mean, yeah, if, your, if you're corner. if you're playing Army and Alville and the wave is out there and he's playing wide receiver at that time, okay. Right, put the, right. <laughs> I mean, but not Adam a, Humphreys would eat yeah. those two alive. Absolutely. I mean, let alone you know some of the elite elite receivers. Uh, J.C. Horn is number sixteen guy, the cornerback out of South Carolina. His NFL comp is Shaquille Griffin. Maybe Horn what? is really nasty and yeah. physical. Yeah. yeah, that's not bad. Seventeen is Najee Harris. The NFL comp is Matt Forte. We've heard that one a lot. Heard that a couple times. Yeah, Stephen yeah. Jackson's another one I've heard. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. His number eighteen guy is Jamin Davis. Ooh, real quick on Harris. I didn't love the Forte comparison, but I've been warming up to him more and Forte more. Forte was to me was always more of a finesse player. Yeah, I think Harris is more physical and stronger yeah. than Forte, but I think he could. If he hits, be a Forte-like receiver. Yeah. yeah and Forte maybe, was a great receiver. He was a great receiver, receiver yeah. yeah. Ahead of his time, really. Uh, Jamin Davis, linebacker out of Ooh, Kentucky, I'd comp at 18. Too. His comp is Darius Leonard. And that's a good one. Especially if you really like the guy, which he much yeah. at 18. Leonard's like 210. I mean, Leonard's not very heavy. But he's long and he's lean, long, and he's, he's yeah. active. Narrow waist, long yeah. limbs. Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, that's as high as you'll see Jamin Davis. And, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in my last mock draft, I had the Steelers taking him in the second round. I don't know if he lasts that long. I don't think he will. I wonder how he runs, but I bet it's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Again, five interceptions, and he was a part-time player. Three of them were last year. He, mm-hmm. He's talented. Yeah, there's a lot there. Uh, 19, uh, Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver out of Florida. Stephon Diggs. Wow. I don't agree with that one. I think Diggs is like the best route runner in the league. Toney, to me, is kind of a – do it all smidge of Cordero Patterson to him. Yeah. I mean, not not what they look like, and just in terms of where they are in their development a little bit. Yeah. you got to manufacture things for but him. But I think I if you to... use him correctly, or if you use yeah. – you, you have to have a plan when you draft him. Right. But I think he could be a weapon. I think I think your comparison might be a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, you're going to hand – they don't want to hand the ball to Diggs. Yeah. You know. How about this one for Christian Derrissaw, his number 20 guy? Dwayne Brown. Good one. 
That's a really good. Uh, I think the Brown's a borderline Hall of Famer. I think Brown was a Virginia Tech guy, was he not? Yeah, way back yeah. when, twelve years ago or so. Good memory by me. Yeah, nice one. Brown's Brown was a, a little bit on the small side coming out. I think Darisaw's. Darisaw is not. Right, 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 right. <laughs> good one though. But yeah. again, Brown's been in the league now for twelve years, and he's still a high level left tackle. He's been one of the left, best left tackles of the generation. Yeah, uh, Joseph Asai. Uh, the edge rusher out of mm, Texas. He's pretty high on the side. Yeah, our first edge, actually. Yeah, he's a top edge. Huh? Yeah. He does fit the Steelers, though. Um, his NFL comp is Brian Arakbo. Um, mm-hmm. Another Ar- Texas Arakbo's guy. a good player. Another Texas yeah, guy. Yeah, Texas connection, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah that's a good one. Arakbo could drop into coverage a little and wasn't huge. Yeah. Good player, though. I don't love – I wouldn't take – like some of you said, well, you just take a – Steelers need to take an edge in the first. I don't – you see any of no. these edge guys being a first-round guy for the Steelers? No, I don't think so. Uh, and and Aziz Ojolari is 22. This, yeah. We're going to have a run now on edge guys. Uh, Aziz Ojolari at 22 out of Georgia. His NFL comp is D Ford. Yeah, I, I don't. D Ford has had a good career. It might be over, but he's more finesse. He's more win with speed. Beat you off the edge. Yeah. Not a, a nail eater, you know. What I mean, not yeah. a glass eater. Not great at setting the run. I don't love Ejulari. He was not in my top five, which yeah. I know is kind of rare. Uh, number twenty-three was Quiddy Pay, uh, the edge rusher out of Michigan. Uh, his NFL comp is Frank Clark. Okay, another Michigan guy, by the way. Another Michigan maybe guy. Maybe yeah. this isn't a coincidence. <laughs> Clark's pretty thick and physical. I mean, Pay to me is. Kind of built like Adrian Claiborne, you know, like a yeah. thicker base end, 6'2", not real long, um, but thick. And, and Clark has some of that. He's a pounder. Yeah. Uh, number 24 for him is Elijah Vera Tucker. And the NFL comp is Isaiah Wynn. Yeah. Looking at a, a shorter tackle type mm-hmm. who might have to kick inside the guard. Wynn can't stay healthy. No, I mean – Wait, was a first-round pick, though. He was a first-round pick. And his tape in Georgia was really good. But they're both that 6'4", 300-pound mm-hmm. athletes. Know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think Garrett um, Tucker's going to go really high. This is a good comp for Jalen Phillips, his number 25 guy. Jason Pierre-Paul. That is a good one. Long, lean. 4'3", base end. The only difference, he has, he has all 10 fingers. <laughs> he didn't blow anything <laughs> off his hand yet, right. Yeah, that's a real good one. I mean, a pretty powerful built guy, too. Yeah, even despite his length, right. Good comp here for Mac Jones as well as number 26 guy, Kirk Cousins. Cousins I think, is actually a better athlete. I think that's his ceiling right there. Yeah. You know, so you're drafted. I've said the same thing about Mason. Like, people have asked me, what's Mason Rudolph's ceiling? Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Cousins has some good moments. He's just one of the best 32. There's no yeah. doubt. I didn't plan on going down this road, but I had a good conversation on my podcast today. If I were the Vikings, I know they have other needs, but – would it be smart to take Mac Jones? I think they picked fourteen. Cut Cousins. Would you or rather trade f- Cousins or, or trade Cousins? Like because his here's the problem with him, his contract is fully guaranteed. Well, Again, I mean you would have to do this down the road. I mean, like, yeah. isn't it smarter to have Mac Jones with a Cousins ceiling instead of thirty million or forty million invested in a quarterback? Like the fourteenth pick in the draft to me is worth getting Cousins books. You know, cleared off and having money to spend that elsewhere. The pro the question the problem is is, is are they a, a contender for that division with with Mac Jones instead of Kirk Cousins? But are they with Cousins? I think they are because I think the division's pretty weak. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of obviously Green Bay is the head of the division, but there's two bad teams. Yeah, there's two yeah. bad teams in division, so you're getting four wins every year. You're still a, you're still a playoff team, right? But they're a little bit in no man's land. 
And I don't dislike Cousins. It's just, well, that's the problem when you have Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. You're, right. ju- you're just good enough. The Cousins-Goff contracts of the world are tough. Yeah. You know, you, just because they eat up so much space. His number 27 is Elijah Moore uh, out of Ole Miss. Mm, that's probably the highest I've seen him ranked, but he's a really good player. His NFL comp is Jalen Rager. Okay. We haven't seen much of Rager yet, but yeah. he's explosive. We Thickly both liked him last year. Guy, yeah. A lot, yeah. Uh, Greg Newsom is at 28 okay. for him, the cornerback out of Northwestern. His comp is Josh Norman. Yeah. Long, Long probably better in zone. Yeah. Smart. Norman was, you know, broke on the ball well, read, read the defense well, or read the offense well. His number 29, my guy, Javante Williams. Mm. We have not mentioned Travis Etienne yet, by the way. No, we have not. Uh, his number 29 is, is Javante Williams, a running back out of North Carolina. The NFL comp, Kareem Hunt. Mm, I like that. I think one. he's a more. I think he's a faster cream hunt. Probably Hunt was like a four six guy coming out of, out of uh, Toledo. Yeah, but also really good contact balance. Yeah. built low to the ground, thick. Never shies away from contact. I mean, Hunt's first two years in Kansas City, he was a pretty darn good player. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I like that comp quite a bit. Uh, his number thirty guy is Jalen Mayfield. Okay, offensive tackle out of Michigan. The comp is Taylor Moten. Mm, okay. I don't have a great feel for Mayfield. I don't either. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I watch him and I'm like, he's a pretty good athlete. There's stuff there to work with, but he doesn't wow me. He's okay. I think he would have been, I think he would have been better off going back another year. Maybe. Yeah. That Michigan guys are weird in general, too. Yeah. Yeah, like, if he goes back, and I don't, I don't know what the offensive tackle class is next year, but I know I this really one know. is deep. Right. He goes back and plays well this year. He's at the top of all the lists. Yeah, he's, yeah, right. you know, maybe in a top 20 pick. I also wonder, should he be a guard? But then that's back to the, com- the Cosell conversation. He's probably one of the 64 tackles in the world. Right, you know? yeah. Uh, 31 is Zayvon Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa. The NFL comp is Anthony Barr. Mm, I was there thinking Anthony Barr or Jamie Collins. They're both a bigger, you long, know, long good-sized yeah. inside linebacker. Right, but they don't. They could line up off the edge, but they don't that often. Yeah. Um, I know we both like Collins, and I certainly do. But like Barr... He's not super tough. You know, I mean, he's a little bit of a finesse guy, like kind of a once in a while will be a dive at your knees type of guy. And yeah. not just a, he's not Lambert <laughs> or Singletary or one right. of those type of guys. Yeah, I think you're seeing a lot of those kind of guys that come out of college now because yeah. of the way the college game is played. Oh, yeah. No, nobody lines up and tries to run it down your throat anymore. I don't know if anyone out there has watched much of Zayvon Collins tape, but it takes about – a half a second to figure out which one he is when you watch Tulsa. You're like, yeah. who's that huge guy in the middle of the field that looks like he's <laughs> playing with little kids? You know, right? <laughs> his number 32 is Landon Dickerson. Okay. Center out of Alabama. His NFL comp is Eric McCoy. Mm, McCoy can play guard and center. He's been a really good player. Dickerson's tough. He's tough, big. but my God, the injuries. The injury history is rough. The injury history is really, really tough. He might go in the first round to Kansas City or could be a third rounder. Yeah, depending you know, on the medicals. Why is he falling? Well, because he can't pass the physical. Yeah. Um, I found so, uh, some places here where I've, I've gotten trickles of the of the, the, uh, the latest uh, pro day news. Yeah, it's been hot and heavy. Uh, this one's all from uh, Pro Football Focus's website where they break down some of the stuff here. Um, and... Rondell Moore is extremely interesting. Yeah, Rondell Moore's day yesterday. Uh, actually, both both Purdue guys, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rondell Moore and Derek Barnes worked out for the, at Purdue yesterday. People might not know who Barnes is, linebacker. Uh, Rondell Moore 
Measured in at 5'7". Not 5'7 and a half. Five, five seven, seven flat. Yeah, five for a wide receiver. I don't. I can't remember if there's ever been a five foot seven receiver that's been a star. No, they're all like return return guys. You know, they're, they're sprawl. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Hundred and eighty pounds, which actually he's pretty well built. Yeah, I mean, he's not skinny, but he's five seven. He's not but he's five seven and one hundred eighty pounds. Right, he is five seven and one hundred eighty pounds. Right, forty two and a half inch vertical. Yeah, twenty four reps on the bench press. Mm-hmm. And a four two nine forty yard dash. Four two nine. Those would all. He was in the first percentile for height, which means right. he was the oh, low yes. end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the 99th and ninety eighth and ninety ninth percentile in vertical bench press and forty yard dash for wide receivers. For wide receivers, it's crazy. Change directions really good. Yeah. I guess he has moves like, like a cat. Great, <laughs> like Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't he know what you do with him, with him because he's five seven. Right. I mean. I'm sure Matt Canada would love him. I mean, you'd love to see him in jet motion screaming across but the But where thing. do you draft him at? That's right. going to be the, I mean. I mean, he's not Dre Archer, though. I if mean, he's, if he's 5'10", he's a first-round pick. Right. But he's not. But he's not. And he's had injuries. I think he's a second-round pick to a creative team. Like I bet the Saints would love him. And it could blow up in your face. It could blow up in your face. Because little guys take big hits. I mean, <laughs> is he going to be a third-down back type guy? Well, he's not picking up any blitzes. No. You know? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Barnes, who I mean, we mentioned, at five, oh, five nine, by the way, at Purdue. Yeah, he came two inches short. Barnes came in at six. Uh, he's in. He's a linebacker. This is another one of these linebackers in this deep class that we're talking about here. Came in at six foot, which is only thirteenth percentile. He's not super. Yeah, not super long. Two hundred thirty eight pounds. That's a good he's size. Thickly yeah, built, yeah. Thirty three and three eighths inch arms. Mm-hmm. He's like all arm. He's all arm. <laughs> so that makes up for the lack of height yeah. a little bit. Nine and three quarter inch hands, which is nice. Fine, yeah. Thirty uh, seven inch vertical, yeah, is nice for two hundred thirty some pounds. Yeah, right. he did twenty nine reps on the bench, with which long is arms. which is ninety third percentile again with long arms, mm-hmm. and he ran a four five seven. Yeah, There's and a lot I, of these guys. I'm going through this thing last night. I'm, I found this. I'm going through here and looking at all these linebackers. I'm like, holy mackerel, that guy's sub four four six. That guy sub four five. Yeah, sub four six. There's a lot of them. That aren't even scratching our top five, six, seven linebackers. Not even you know? close. Right. I mean, I'm, the Missouri kid Bolton had a good workout too. He's yeah. in the top group. I mean, but none of them are having poor workouts, and new names pop up left and right. Spencer Brown's a guy that we've been getting in, in a third round in some of our mm-hmm. mocks. He had his workout at Northern Iowa. Tackle. Six eight, ninety mm-hmm. eighth percentile, three eleven. Okay, so he's. He, you He'll know. probably put on 10 in yeah. the next five years. He had 31-inch vertical. Yeah. That's 75th percentile. His broad jump was 117 inches. That's 98th percentile. For 300-pounder, right. 29 reps. For very long arms. For very long, long arms. arms. Right. That's 86th percentile. His 40-yard dash was 488. 488. That's 97th percentile. That used to be like what defensive ends used to run. His know? short shuttle was 444. That's really good. For being that tall to get that low and change directions, too. Yeah, I sent you one last night. Who was it? Uh, Creed Humphreys. Yeah. His shuttle time, his short shuttle time was the same as Jerry Judy's from the year before. <laughs> I wrote an article actually a year ago, or maybe it was two years ago, for Steelers.com about short shuttle time and linemen. That's yeah. one of the correlations that if you look at the top 10 guys in short shuttles in the last five or combines, they're almost all hits. Yeah. I don't care what their 40 time is necessarily no what's that short shuttle can he move can he get when we snap the football can mm-hmm. he can he pull and get to the end 
oh, even more so, like in protection, if I'm leading left, or through that I, too, yeah, I adjust and get back, and, right? You know, and the body control to, or hey, I'm I'm out in space on the second. Those guys are always hitting somebody smaller than them, right? Yeah, and What's these, his agility little, look these like? Little yeah. moving targets. You know, you, you you double and you move up to the linebacker who's Ryan Shazier, and you got to try to hit him. You know, I mean, you got to change directions. Here's another one, uh, and the Steelers did talk to this guy, uh, Nick Bolton. Yeah, mentioned. Now right, he only right. measured in at five eleven. So to, mm-hmm. to me, that it's a little too close to Bush. Uh, yeah, I like the player, uh, but I can't. I don't know that you can have a five foot ten and five foot eleven inside linebackers. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. But he ran a four five nine. Right. <laughs> and his tape's great. His tape's great. It's hard to find things yeah. you don't like about him, except for height. <sighs> Not that he's tiny. He is a little redundant to Bush. You'd have to use your first-round pick on him. Um, I think I texted you last night. Like, he's the definition, though, of a leadoff double. Like, he's going to be good. Yeah. I mean, he may not go to 10 Pro Bowls, but he's going to be good. Coaches love him. The uh, I'm looking here at the – I think it's Iowa. And these are these are a couple of linebackers that I haven't – they aren't any – They're not, like, they, on any lists. They though, haven't right? been on any lists. Uh, you know, I haven't really checked into them much. I'm going to have to now. Uh, but – Nick Neiman out of Iowa, Iowa. Yeah. 6'3", 234, ran a 4'4'5". Four, 4'4'5", four, 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 yeah. His short shuttle was 4.14. That's really good. That's like wide receiver. guy? That's right. wide receiver type stuff. Yep. You know, it's running back. Um, they had another guy here. Uh, where's he? The at? Steelers are going to add one of these guys. Yeah. I mean, Amani, it might not be until round five, but they're going to get one of these dudes. Imani Jones, 5'11 and a half, 247. He ran a 4.60. Wow. Uh, linebacker Barrington. Six flat for a, a off the ball linebacker. Two hundred forty seven pound moving. linebacker. Right, yeah. right, right. He's moving. Uh, linebacker Barrington Wade, six one two thirty two. He ran a four six. Really? Like that. The, the Iowa defense must have been super Not fast at the second the level. Field, right, like, right. My God. Or they have a really fast track. Yeah, one of the two. Um, I wanted to get to. Uh, Creed. But there's a lot of them. I wanted to get the Creed Humphreys workout here. I got to find it. Okay. Um, yeah, that that pro football. Focus page is really good, but there's so many names on there. It takes a little while. Takes some scrolling to finally. Yeah. Find it oh, there. my guy Garrett Wallow, who oh, we've, yeah, talk, yeah, we've talked did. a lot about. Measured in a 6'2", 220. Mm-hmm. TCU guy for TCU. Know, right. Thirty-two and a half inch vertical, which isn't great. It's fine. But he did. Uh, he did twenty-two reps on the bench. His forty-yard dash was four-six-five. His short shuttle was four-one-two. Four-one-two is great for a linebacker too. Sidarius so Wash or Darius Washington, the the little safety mm-hmm. of theirs. At the, his short shuttle was four-one-zero. And he's five seven. Too, Garrett right? Wallow did had a uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty and, good. Uh, you know, uh, and he's one of many. Yeah, and his three comb was six eight seven. Washington's was seven oh six. Really, I mean, he's, what, change forty of, pounds yeah, heavier. Forty pounds heavier than this guy. Like it's just wow, nuts. Um, I gotta find it here. Uh, you to find Humphrey. They, I'm trying. Still trying to find Humphrey. They they were last week. How about this one, Darius Sills? Yeah, the big the big nose tackle out of uh, uh, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. He came in a little light, so he's going to run probably better than. Sure, I'm sure he. So he's, he was six foot two seventy eight. Mm-hmm. He you want him to play bigger than that or the heavier than that, but a thirty two and a half inch vertical. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Broad jump was one ten. Twenty three reps on the bench. Okay, but he ran a he ran a five zero flat. Yeah. Forty. Short shuttle was four point six zero. His three come two seventy eight though. I don't love that. No, I don't love that. His three comb was seven point two zero. That's ninety yeah. second percentile for for a big guy. Yeah. Um, Not sure how you use him. Yeah. You oh, here's here's one we got to get to. My my the, our guy Milton Williams. Oh yeah, that was a crazy one. Six three athletic D lineman. Six three two eighty four. 
31 and a half inch arm, so he's a little short arm. A little short arm. That's yeah, fine. That's a... Vertical was 39 inches. That's, that's great. 99th percentile. His right. broad jump was 121. That's 97th percentile. His bench press was 34. Again, short arms helps, but yeah. still he's powerful. 91st percentile. 40-yard jash was 4.62. <laughs> that's 99th percentile for a defensive tackle. the end. Yeah, right. Short shuttle was 4.25. Wow. 4.25 for a big defensive line. His three-cone. Six eight seven below seven is rare. <laughs> Six that's, eight seven. That's Von Miller for numbers. a two hundred eighty four yeah. pound guy. Yeah, wow, nuts. Yeah, below seven's rare. I mean these these guys. I don't know if they're if it's all the training for these things, and these guys have been doing nothing but training for some of this. This I don't care. I don't care. Every combine, I'm blown away more and more by the numbers we see every year that it changes so fast. Yeah, I gotta for find. I, I gotta get to Humphrey here before we, we gotta go, but I, I'm. He had a really good workout, though. I mean, Wish I think it was he's a way to the first center off the board. I, I think so as well, uh, given uh, the, the tape is good. Mm-hmm. The athleticism experience. is, yeah, the experience, the athleticism. Like, I don't think you're getting him in the second round if you're the Steelers. No, I don't think so either. Right. Um, I'm getting close here. <laughs> good Lord. Okay, there's Pitt. Pitts didn't go so great. Pitts did not go as great. Um, oh, J- did you see Jalen Camp's workouts? I'm not sure who that is. The wide receiver from Georgia Tech. 6'2", 226, ran a 4'4", 3". Hmm. Uh, wow. His short shuttle was 4'1", 6". Uh, his, he did 30 bench, thirty on the on the wow. bench bench. Which is, they that, always have a guy like the that. The combine record is 20 for a wide receiver is 27. Wow. He did 30 reps. He did 30. They always have a big receiver that's super fast and physical, and they never yeah. throw the ball. <laughs> go for, oh, here's – I got Oklahoma. There we go. Before we have to go here. Creed Humphrey measured in at 6'4". 72nd, perc- 72nd percentile for centers. 312. That's I mean, 86. He's got a real solid yeah. square build. 33-inch vertical. That's really good. It's 96 percentile. Broad jump, 112 inches. That's 93rd percentile. Yeah. 29 reps on the bench. That's 74. 40-yard 40 sh- uh, dash was 5.09. That's 81st. That's yeah. Short shuttle was 4.46. Wow. Which is 86 percentile. And his three-comb was 7.54, which is 70th percentile. Yeah, I like short shuttle. I mean, I think he's a solid. Good, he's going to be a good pro. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd be shocked if he's not a, a top ten type center for the majority of his career. Yeah. And I, I, really I threw solid. him in at thirty second on our list the other day. Yeah, I, I right, think he'll right, be right. the. You know, do I think that's going to be the Steelers' first round draft pick? Not no, no. I, I, no. But I, I, I think he should be in that conversation. Yeah, I wouldn't take him there at twenty four. But if you if you move back, mm-hmm. you know that's always a possibility. Yeah. Again, I mean. The, See what they, what else they add between now and the draft. Yeah, he would not. I don't think any team would be unhappy drafting Creed Humphrey. No, I think that would. Yeah, for everything because the medicals check. It's not like Dickerson with the medicals are no, right, a mess. Right, right. Yeah. I think he's a plug and play, you know, week one starter too. Yeah, I think so as well. Good player. That's going to do it for this edition of the Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. So for my partner Matt Williamson for Jacob Brecht here on site, I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to the Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.